Hey, this is R Dub from Sunday Night Slow Jams, and you're listening to hashtag Dad Swag, the swaggiest place on earth for all fathers and father figures alike. And now, here's your host, my brother, JC. Yes, yes, welcome back, welcome back. Now, as you've heard in so many rap songs and R&B songs, you can be anywhere in the world right now, but you chose to be here with me. And I thank you, and I love you, and I appreciate all of you for it. As you heard my main man, R-Dub, in the intro say, my name is JC, and this is the Hashtag Swag Podcast, the swaggiest place for all fathers and father figures alike. And look, real quick, I appreciate all the comments and the compliments about the intro and the questions about who the voice is behind the intro. And that is none other than my good friend, my brother, world famous distributor of love, creator of the Sunday Night Slow Jams radio show, R-Dub. Sunday Night Slow Jams, like I said, is a syndicated radio show that airs 8 p.m. to midnight every Sunday. So check your local radio stations and see if they provide it. If they don't, will request that they add that joint to the list. If they can't, then download iHeartRadio and then download the Slow Jams station. If you're a true R&B fan or you consider yourself to be an R&B connoisseur like I do, then Slow Jams Radio needs to be on your iHeart playlist at all times without fail. And as for the intro and outro music, well, I actually own those rights because that's actually my record, but that's all I'll say for now. So today is Friday, July 17th, so I guess you can call this my one-month anniversary episode since I released my first episode on June 20th. So wow, man, one month. One month, and it's been an amazing ride, but I can promise you we're just getting started. So with that being said, let's get it started. Let's get it cracking. Let's get it jumping. Let's get it popping. Let's do this. Today, we are going to dive into generational curses. You know, what really amazed me in preparing for this episode is how many people don't know what a generational curse is, what it really is, and what it really means. Therefore, they don't understand or realize that some of the negativity or the cycle that they perpetuate as a man, a father, a husband, it's evidence of generational curses in your family. So just to be clear, a generational curse is a negative pattern from your family's history that you continue in your own life. And here's an interesting fact. Whether you believe in religion or you believe in science, and we all know they don't go hand in hand, and more times than not, they contradict each other. But whether you believe in religion or science, one thing that they agree on is that one of the main causes of fatherless homes, fatherlessness, broken families, abandoned children, teen suicide, broken hearts, confusion, all of the statistics that I named in the previous episode, one thing they agree on is that generational curses are real. And before I go any further, let me just make this clear. I'm not someone that went to school for this. I didn't study this. What I am is someone who realized the pattern in his own life and is refusing to allow the patterns to continue for his generations going forward. 
what I am is somebody who cared enough about you guys and about my fatherhood journey to research this and bring it to you in hopes that you will get something from this and it will touch you enough to look at your life and realize it's what generational curses that you want to stop and turn those into generational blessings for your future and your legacy. In religion, a common reference of uh, generational curses in the Bible can be found in the First Testament in Exodus 20, verse 5. And that says, God will visit the sins of the father down to the third and fourth generations. This particular verse in the Old Testament is in reference to idolatry and rejection. And basically saying we're not supposed to worship any um, figure or person as a god. And for those who refuse to worship God and choose to continue to worship um, physical things or people, they are obviously going to teach their children to do the same and they're going to teach their children to do the same and so on and so forth for generations to come. And by God saying that he will visit the sins of the father down to the third and fourth generations, obviously this sin started somewhere. So this becomes a generational curse and in all curses have a consequence. And again, I didn't go to school for this. So this is solely my interpretation of what the verse means. So if there's anyone out there that did go to school for this and wants to shed light on um, what what this verse uh, really means or if I'm interpreting it wrong, then please get at me any way you can. Now for you science people, a reference of generational curses could be found in the study of epigenetics. And the official definition of epigenetics is the information that sits above the genome which controls the programming of DNA instructing different cells how to express themselves. So in the actual study of epigenetics, it reveals to us that our life choices and our life experiences, good, bad, or indifferent, can change our brains and our DNA. And that information can be passed down further um, hereditary lines like that's crazy right like our choices and our experiences can change our brains and DNA and affect our generations to come and to further elaborate on the study of epigenetics it shows us that our work environments our diets um, traumatic events just one traumatic event can literally alter our DNA and we can now pass that down to generations to come. And it's crazy because this actually goes kind of hand in hand with episode two where I touched on dying to self. Dying to self is kind of like part one of all this. Part two is living, living for generations. So let me drop it on you like this. If the saying goes, sons want to grow up to be like their father and girls eventually look for a man to marry that resembles their father just exactly who are they becoming or just exactly who are they looking for yeah you know the saying the choices i make today will affect how i live tomorrow well let's try generations so now the question is where does it end where does the carousel end when does the vicious cycle that we choose to perpetuate end? It ends now. It ends with me. It ends with you. It ends with us. It ends with a choice. The choice to be 
better than the statistics. The choice to change the narrative of how society sees men and views their roles as fathers. We have the power because we have that choice. The deciding factor is us, fellas. So what are we going to do about it? What do we do about it? I don't know about you, but I know what I'm going to do. I know what I've chose to do. I'm looking at every pattern in the men in the past generations of my family. And I'm going to look at the results of their decisions and their choices. And I'm choosing not to repeat those same mistakes because, hell, I'm going to make enough mistakes of my own. I don't need to take on someone else's mistakes. I can do bad all by myself. <laughs> I don't need someone's help to do bad. Now, if you've tuned into any episode of the Hashtag That's Why podcast, you know that I'm not about pointing fingers. You know that I'm the first to tell you my shortcomings and my failures and my concerns. And the best way I can help you, I feel, is to be transparent and honest about my experiences. So I'm going to talk to you about a couple of my generational curses. You know, speaking to my experiences... You may have guessed that one of my generational curses is incarceration. You know, my my dad has never been to jail or prison, but a lot of the men in my family have, and that's on my black and Filipino side. You know, fun fact, I guess if you want to kind of call it that, the first time and the only time I've ever met Suge Knight, you know, the former CEO of Death Row, Tupac, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, etc., was in the visiting room of San Quentin. I was visiting my mother's husband. Um, <laughs> I watched him walk in a room with gold chains, a cigar, and a cane with a gold handle. I didn't know who he was at the time, but he obviously was a big deal. But as far as my mom's husband, you know, I watched him abuse drugs, abuse her, abuse me, go back and forth to prison. And if you hadn't guessed it by now, my dad was in my life, but my mom had custody. So my dad was a temporary figure in my life. And I only say that because I seen my mom's husband more than I seen my dad for the first part of my lifetime. And around this time, I was about, I was about eight years old. Yeah, I was about eight years old. And I went so much to that damn visiting room that the guards knew me by name. I had my favorite guard. I had my favorite movie, and I had a favorite toy in the kids' play section. Matter of fact, my very first time having hot wings cost $1.50 from the vending machine in the San Quentin visitation room. What's even crazier is that these visitations got so normal to me that I was calling other inmates uncle because when I was introduced to them, my stepdad was telling me that these were his brothers and this was uncle so-and-so and uncle so-and-so would question me about girls question me about homework question me how i'm doing in school am i being good for my mom things like that it got so normal for me that at eight years old i knew the visitation process i knew how i was going to be checked what ceo was going to check me where I needed to stand to wait to get into the visitation room, and that if I wanted to watch TV and play with toys, I needed to sit at the table closest to the play center. So before another life-changing event, and I ended up moving with my dad, and he got custody, 
this man was the man of the house. Well, whenever he was in the house, he was the man of the house. Fast forward 12 years later, my mom's ex-husband is completely dead to me outside of the fact that he's a 50% contributor to giving me two beautiful baby sisters. But at 20 years old, I was just sentenced to two years in prison. And guess where I end up first? St. Quentin. And even more crazy, the first time I got to a prison visitation room, guess what I ate? Two dollar hot wings from the vending machine. I could have had a sandwich, pizza, chicken tenders, fries, anything else. But no, I remember that 12 years ago, these hot wings tasted good. And even more scary, I was comfortable. You know, I can go on and on about the parallels and the similarities of, uh, you know, my experience as an eight-year-old and then my experience as a 20-year-old, 22-year-old. Um, but what I'd rather show you is what the generational curse was and then what my choice is. Here's the power of choice. I chose not to be added to the statistic of recidivism. And actually, with my 10-year anniversary passing in June, I already beat that statistic. Now, to make it simple, uh, recidivism, for those who don't know, is the, is the stat that says um, inmates will return back to prison within 8 to 10 years after release. But in this case, not I. I will not and did not give into the generational curse of being a returning visitor. And... I am breaking the curse by making sure my sons will never see the inside of a jail or a prison cell. And that teaching, that conditioning, those character traits will trickle down to my future generations. Now, I'm no fortune teller and I can't predict the future, but I'm doing everything in my power today to make sure that I'm the last one in my family to have his name turned into a number. Now, there's one more generational curse I feel compelled to talk about especially during these crazy times we're in. Something I grew up watching, fearing, and defending. Domestic violence or intimate partner violence. Since this whole COVID-19 pandemic has began, domestic violence has risen to 20%. Now, before I go any further with this particular topic, if you or some of you know are or have been a victim of domestic violence, please do not hesitate. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. I will post a link and I will post the phone number in the podcast description below. But please call them. And if you are in immediate danger, obviously call your local law enforcement. Now, when it comes to IPV, or domestic violence. There's a term commonly known as intergenerational violence or transgenerational violence. Basically, these terms allude to violence affecting several generations within a family. Um, intergenerational violence occurs when abuse passes through the family starting from the older generation. Now, in most cases, abuse is actually a learned behavior. With intergenerational violence, people who have been abused by relatives or um, even just witnessed domestic violence in their household will continue the cycle of abuse they witnessed or they suffered. And to further explain the severity and the depth of intergenerational violence 
and this whole concept of generational curse, adults may enter relationships with an abusive partner because these relationships mimic the normalcy and the violence that they experienced as children. You know, before my mom had my two baby sisters, it was just her and I. I'm 14 years older than my youngest sister. For 14 years, I was her sole protector. Now, you may ask, how can a child protect his mother? <laughs> and my answer to you would be, with everything I had and the best way I knew how. Mind you, my mom is a small, four foot nine Filipino woman. So it didn't take long for my body to grow big enough to cover her. But I say soul protector because no one seen her black and blue more than I did. No one paid the physical price of protecting her more than I did. No one covered her body and took a beating in her place more than I did. And more importantly, nobody feared the failure of not being able to protect her more than I did. At a young age, I learned how to be a protector. I wasn't as effective as a protector physically, but I knew what it was to comfort. I knew what it was to care. I knew what it was to hate. I broke that generational curse before I graduated elementary school. I knew I would never put my hands on any woman, especially my wife and my children. My wife will never know the sting of a hand or the heaviness of a fist. My kids will never have to make excuses why we can't go to family parties. And they will never have to fear because they said too much or they said something they weren't supposed to say. I made a decision early on that no one coming from me wearing my last name will never again be subject to domestic violence on either end of the spectrum as a giver or a receiver. And again, I can go on and on about abuse and what is done for and to my life and to my family and maybe on another show. But you know me, I'm all about the facts. Nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the U.S. And that's adding up to about 10 million people per year. Nearly one in four women and one in seven men experienced severe physical violence by an intimate partner. In 15 states, more than 40% of all homicides of women each involved an intimate partner. 85% of domestic violence victims are women. 15% are men. Women with a disability are at 40% greater risk of domestic violence. And did I forget to mention that my mom has a physical disability? But don't get it twisted, it's never stopped her or hindered her from doing anything. 63% of homeless women have experienced domestic violence as an adult. And if you remember in the last episode, I told you 90% of the homeless population were fatherless. Now, these statistics are all frightening and scary, right? But how do they explain generational curses and fatherhood since that's what this podcast is about? Well, listen, 5 million children are exposed to domestic violence every year. That means they're either being beat or watching a parent 
be beat. Children exposed to domestic violence are more likely to attempt suicide, 63%, right? Abuse drugs, 71%, right? Run away, 90% of all runaways and homeless were fatherless. And again, in reference to last episode, just because you are in the home does not mean you are an active and involved father. Furthermore, if you are in the home and you are beating on your wife and your children, or in other cases, your husband and children or whatever, if you are hitting on anyone in your household, personally, you are a piece of shit and you need help. But also, you do not get to call yourself a father or father figure. And to add more to that, children who are exposed to domestic violence are more likely to engage in teenage prostitution or teenage sexual activity. Reference to last episode, 71% of all teenage pregnancies came from a fatherless home. And the last that I'll give you, 40% of all domestic violence cases involve a child under the age of 18. I wonder how many people who died overdosing on drugs would say, I did drugs because I watched my mom or my dad do it. I know for a fact, firsthand experience that there's people sitting behind bars right now that's saying, I did the crime because I watched my mom or my dad do this crime. These are all generational curses. So how do we stop it? We stop it with a choice. You make the choice today, right now. Even if you realize that you've already failed like I failed the generational curse of incarceration, it stops with me. No one coming from me with my last name will ever see the inside of a prison cell. Again, I can't tell you the future, but now that's the generational curse that they put on their legacy. But I'm going to do everything that I can do. I'm going to make the choices today that impact my generations for years to come. And the same thing with domestic violence. I never put my hand on my wife and I never will. That stopped with me. But these are just two of the bigger examples of generational curses that I recognize in my family and I'm choosing to change. There's so many more that I have to look at, but I'm not going to do that here. And in my lifetime, I may never be able to address every single generational curse, but I can evaluate the ones that really affect my family and change them. I can start somewhere. I need to start somewhere. We need to start somewhere. If you need help getting started, reach out to me, man. Get at me on Facebook, hashtag DadSwag. Follow me on IG, DadSwag Podcast. And as always, if you have any questions, concerns, advice, you want to talk about this episode, you want to know more in depth about what I've dealt with in, as far as generational curses, or you want some advice or just an ear to hear you out on your generational curses, email me, man. Hashtag dadswag at gmail.com. But if I can't help you, look down below. I do it every show. Look at the pages that I've attached. Follow them. Reach out to them. See their pages on IG and see if what they're doing is 
more your style or more conducive to the way you believe and the way you want to move. Build your community. And always remember, iron sharpens iron. So until next time, love and blessings to you and yours from me and mine.